Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to scream, Hallelujah, when a chairman of selectors steps down. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the rest of the team. The man most likely to be called Uncle Bull. Welcome, David. Hello. G'day. How's it all going? <laughs> the simple intros are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is the man most likely to get a player drafted into AFLW by just having a kick down the park with them. Welcome, Alex. Yeah, it's um, just my elite coaching and honesty <laughs> that I bring to the role of having a kick <laughs> down the park. <laughs> And, and lastly, the man who may not be the fastest orienteer, but he always puts in a brave performance. Welcome, <laughs> Rob. He's <laughs> uh, always brave, Nick. We had a natural game. Put him out there. Yeah. We had a daddy hundred of orienteering based intros too, as well. <laughs> <laughs> well can only hope. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So. <laughs> Uh, all righty, so welcome one and all to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. So we'll get straight into it. So uh, in Australian cricket news, the story of today was the announcement that Trevor Holmes will be stepping down as chairman of selectors for Australia. So the former Test League spinner had two cracks at the position, the first being from 1995 to 2005 and the most recent being from 2016 until yesterday. So, um, yeah, he's gone. So, yes, Alex. <laughs> uh, didn't know he was a leggy. Um, I'm on him. Absolute yep. disgrace that he got axed. I think it's pathetic <laughs> on Cricket Australia. Um, also, uh, that gap was when Buff Lehman was chairman of selectors. Um, or and, at least the coach. And Greg Chappell was in there as well. Oh, Greg Chappell, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was just both a selector. Was that he was a thing? selector. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's okay. a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, all right. So, I'll take it a backward step in this conversation now. So, continue. <laughs> to uh, answer that question, yes, he was a test leg spinner. He was the leg spinner in the Allen Border led side in 1989 that won the Ashes in England. Right. So he's actually, if he wouldn't have been a come, if he hadn't become a German selector and become so hated, he's actually a pretty fucking uh, historically uh, appreciated member of Australian cricket history. But he went and did, he went and undid all that by consistently picking Sean and Mitch Marsh. So fuck, so fuck you, Trevor, and see you later. So yeah, Trevor. Hmm. Rev. Yeah, on your bike, Trevor. Don't look back either. So the sec, yes. Oh, I was just going to say between. The uh, Hans eras of selections. Um, Andrew Hilditch was in there as chairman of selector. Uh, John Inverarity oh, and also right. Rod Marsh for two fucking seasons. John Inverarity. Yeah. Oh. How do we fucking crazy. forget John Inverarity? Speaking oh, of man. Uncle Bull, crazy Uncle John Inverarity. Oh. <laughs> in charge. Jesus. So um, as got announced uh, just just in the last few hours before we record this podcast. Trevor's already been replaced. He's been replaced by the governor himself, George Bailey. So, governor uh, general. Yeah, so, so at the moment, the selectors will be George Bailey and uh, Justin Langer because the coach is a selector. And I don't think they're going to have to find another selector from somewhere. So we'll see how that all plays out in the near future. I guess it'll be in a form, former Australian player of some description. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully uh, a... Oh, don't worry. I forgot. Ah! Hopefully, Victorian. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's a Victorian doing it. Some more Victorians on the side. Yes, Russ. Uh, yeah, that was my question. Which state is, as David called him, Trevor Hons from? The <laughs> <laughs> um, Mrs. Hons. I don't know. That's a very good question. Where yeah. is he from? I know. It's fun for David. He likes looking this shit up. Yeah, yeah. Getting some facts into it. Maybe we could also just check the pronunciation guide for his surname. I'm gonna work on the. Maybe on you the can fact go that, fuck yourself. I'm also. gonna work on the fact he's a leggy. So I'm gonna say he's from New South Wales, Mr. Trevor. Yeah. Um, so I will say, doing my uh, upcoming report, bit of sizzle there. It's quite hard to read online. You know the the phonics of the words. So I mean, if it's outlined in Wikipedia, the phonics of Hans or Hones uh, might be a bit difficult. So I'm on bullside here. He's from Queensland. 
Oh, there you yeah, go. Thank you. So, um, yeah, yeah, I had the same okay. problem for the same segment you're talking about, Alex. I actually found a found a website that actually verbally pronounces it so you can hear. So that's how I come. Oh, across shit. I look forward to you correcting me when I do the segment because <laughs> I haven't done that. Yeah, you know where you, you find that website, Alex? It's on I'm going to say Wikipedia. But I <laughs> it's on wrong. Google. It's on the internet. <laughs> oh, Goggle, the internet. I think it's how it's pronounced. <laughs> A Google? <laughs> Google.com. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's funny how someone's whole. Um, Reputation can be tarnished by a few bad years because if you look at like from '95 to 2005, and we were an absolute fucking powerhouse. No one said boo about Trevor Holmes, but in the last between him and Johnny Verity, in the last ten years, fucking everything yeah. up. Everyone knows who they are. So. Yeah, massively, very true. Like a good wiki keeper, you don't notice until they start dropping them. Yeah, or golf caddy, I've heard too. Yeah, really? Do they drop them? Yeah. Should be seen, not heard. <laughs> Golf All righty. So um, we'll move on from that. Any more um, jobs for the boys news? Um, former Test Quick Ryan Harris has dropped out of the running to become the Tasmanian head coach. Instead, he will be taking on a full-time role at his home state of Queensland. Um, oh. Is he from Queensland? South Australia. South Australia. Yeah, yeah, moved to to, but yeah. he moved to Queensland. Right? Yeah. His home state now. Fuck it, that's really it. Chris Rogers style. So Harris will serve as a Queensland state selector on a three-man panel, which will include the Bulls coach, Wade Seckham, and the state's head of male performance, Chris Hartley. So I think they've made a mistake here by bringing Ryan Harris, but it's clearly a wicket-keeper-based performance um, mm. centre. So I don't know how big Quick's going to go in that environment. But um, you, you raise a good point, Mick. And when you're running with a squad that's got you know, or an 11 that's got five keepers in, of course all your coaches are going to be keepers. Yeah. It makes sense. Even your fast bowling coach would be a keeper because it's <laughs> a bowling here, mate, so I can catch it. That's what it's yeah. Pitch um, it up, so- man, like taking them above my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got a So Harris will also oversee uh, youth cricket in the state as Queensland's <laughs> pathways coach. And talent manager. So he's going to have a fair bit on his plate yeah, of fucking Ryan Harris. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Lucky they yeah. got rid of um, Billy Stone. They haven't got rid of Billy. Well, she's going to have a very full plate. Mm. Oh, she's dealing with Bilky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, don't. No, don't worry. No. Just <laughs> yeah, going to rant about him. <laughs> triggered. Triggered. <laughs> uh, Billy, but no, uh, don't worry about it, Billy. Yeah, whatever. Just do what you like, Bill. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just come back for the BBL, mate. <laughs> I reckon it's sort of like Nereo coming in. Drips over there, mate. Fucking Nereo <laughs> drips in that corner. Yeah, Fucking yeah. off you go. Uh, just a couple laps for you, Bill. Yeah, yeah. That's all. all right, two-hour session. All right, everyone, here's the drills. Bill, hyperbaric chamber, please, mate. Off you go. <laughs> Bill, hit the showers, mate. Yeah. yeah. Hit that treadmill where you run on water or you're yeah. suspended above it. Yeah. Don't pick anything up on the way just in case. <laughs> Won't hurt your back. Don't, don't touch the cricket bat. No, no. Off the <laughs> pads. Don't, don't be silly. Not going to pads on. You won't hurt your finger on a buckle. <laughs> cricket screws. No, get around a pair of flip-flops. Do your lower back, buddy, trying to do them up. You've got to bend down to your yeah. ankle. That's a bit too far for Billy. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> he's either, and at home, he's either got to be lying down flat or standing straight up. No sitting, no slouching, no no having a bath. Got to have a shower. Got to stand bolt upright like Robbo. Just let the water run over him. <laughs> the safest way. Do you want to hear about Billy Stanley now we've mentioned him? Uh, I got him. I got him for later on so he can wait. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. two bites at the Billy Stanley cherry. Mm. Oh, yes, so sweet. Mm. Tasty cherry. Oh, very tasty. It's be cherry right when we get to the latest. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it'll be chef's kiss by the time we get oh, there, yeah. Ross. Yeah, might oh, even yeah. overcook it. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Not possible. Uh, no, couldn't overcook a cherry pie, which is what no. it'd be like. Back, Ooh, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Warm. A warm one. Oh, yeah. Warm cherry pie. Yep. Shut up, you pricks. All righty. Speaking of uh, blokes who played for Australia that are bowls and are all steak and no sizzle. I mean, all sizzle and no steak even. He's... Uh, <laughs> South Australian swing bowler Chad Sayers, who has taken on an assistant coaching role with Papua New Guinea in the upcoming T20 World Cup in the UAE. So, um, so old mate Chad was looking to spend the summer uh, basically doing a few cashies as a labourer for his mate on a building site, maybe going back to uh, to Woodville West Torrens and the cricket and having a 
fairy tale finish. That's so, it. Um, which apparently is playing thirds at Woodville. I didn't know that. So, personally, I'm going to be moving to South Australia in the summer so I can have a fairy tale <laughs> finish for my career in the Woodville thirds as well. But, um, yeah, so Papua New Guinea has um, appointed Chad Sayers as an assistant coach. So, yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting. Hopefully he's a better coach than he's a player because, as we all know, just not that good. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was interested, Mick, uh, when he's on his way to Papua New Guinea, do you think he might fly via Koala Lumpur? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a regional hub, Ross, so I'm going to assume he would fly via Koala Lumpur. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, he might jump on the plane and Trevor Hons is next to him. <laughs> Has he ever coached anyone before? Not in his own right. He's just been a uh, quasi-assistant coach during yeah. injury phase. Yeah. Has he ever coached anyone in his own right? That's what the Papua New Guinea Cricket Association asked before they hired him. Has he ever coached anyone in his own right? He said, Damien, right? I know him. <laughs> God. Uh, it's a weird selection. I mean, there's plenty of coaches out there. Why would you go and get an ex-player who's going to play thirds next year? He doesn't even care. Um. I'm gonna go on a limb and go for the bloke who applied. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Look, it's a former Test player. Yeah, one test. Yeah, he plays um, yep. test. yeah one test. I mean, that's so, a big get. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, if he know. wasn't Chad Sayers, it'd be a big get. Um, <laughs> is he the fielding coach? Was that what you said? I oh, just said assistant. I did not specify oh, his role. Assistant. At yeah. this time, I think he's. Oh, I thought coach. he was head coach. No, no, assistant coach. Oh, there you go. Well, it doesn't matter if he's coached the team in his own right then. It's no. fine. No, I think Apologies. he's the batting coach. So, yeah, he's going <laughs> to work, work with the top order. Yeah. <laughs> what I used to try and do to get people out, fellas, is how he starts <laughs> all of his coaching. <laughs> so if you don't fall into those traps, you'll make a heap of runs. <laughs> right. If the ball's not swinging, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do Cricket Australia app bother reporting this sort of shit? No, oh, I don't know, honest. mate. Why do you bother <laughs> fucking send this to us in our WhatsApp group? But anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing better to do, but they probably do. <laughs> they got jobs. <laughs> uh, speaking of shit that makes you go, why they fucking bother? The uh, Australians are touring the West Indies still at the moment, playing a, playing a few ODIs. So, um, <laughs> no. So all three ODIs have been played at Kensington Oval in Bridgetown. In, um, so yeah, we had the first ODI. So uh, for those playing at home, uh, Finchie got hurt in the T20, so he has come home to have surgery to get himself cherry ripe, which is the fucking phrase of the day, for the upcoming T20 World Cup. So we were led by the captain-in-waiting, Mr. Alex Carey. And for those playing at home, he wants captain a fucking under-18s <laughs> AFL team. So he's got so much experience, Captain, in cricket, it's not fucking funny. But, yeah. So. He drew from uh, that experience. Oh, uh, Mick, can I just jump in there that the day before he yeah. was named captain, or the day he was named captain, the major, one of the major newspapers in one of Australia's major cities ran an article interviewing his former coach about the year that he was captain of <laughs> Uh, he got as close to the AFL as, Matt, as Mark Blitzer's got close to the fucking Olympics. It is ridiculous. <laughs> they pray on it all the time. The prick played under-18s. There's that many kids that play under-18s cricket and play under-18s footy. It's not funny. Just one of these pricks got up the fucking pointy end of it. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's so good, though, because it's it's his thing. It's like Peter Siddle yeah. being a woodchopper. Yes. It's Alex Carey. Oh, he used to captain this AFL. <laughs> it's, it, it's cricket's equivalent to um, he used to play basketball in football at the moment. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. He's got a football background. Yeah. That's why he's such a good keeper. Back. Yeah. He's got a football background. Mm. Catch the ball. Up here, the take time. him up here. Yeah. <laughs> Out in front of the eyes. He's good above his head when he's keeping, so yeah. He keeps taller than he, he keeps taller than he actually is. Yeah. In habitat, yeah. yeah. There's a bit of space just above um, the, about seven foot, eight foot in the air, which we call carry space. That only, <laughs> only Alex Carey can reach because he's got a football back. Uh... <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, so um, the new skipper, Alex Carey, won the toss and elected to have a bat. 
So the Aussies would make nine for 252. Kerry himself would make 67. And Ashton Turner Overdrive would make 49. But it was Hayden Walsh who was the pick of the bowls for the West Indies. This is a young chap who was taking all the wickets and carrying on in the T20s. He would take five for 39. So not a bad day at the office in an ODI. Unfortunately, the West Indies bats would not do the same. They would make 123 all out. And half of those runs would be made by Big Kyra and Pollard, who would get 56. Um, the man who would have been trying to get out of the Australian side for as long as possible, Mitch Stark, would take five for 48 to be man of the match. It's a bit of rain about this one, hence the 123 and them trying to chase hard and lose wickets. So under Duckworth Lewis, the Aussies won by 133 <laughs> runs. He's <laughs> But, yeah, so um, that doesn't make sense to me, but because they, they won by 133 runs off their normal score. Their normal score. So how's it Duckworth Lewis? Shouldn't it be less than that than anyone? That's a whole Who knows thing. how Duckworth Lewis works? Yes, yeah. Roscoe. Oh, they only lost one over, so I don't think they've changed it oh, much. But okay. I take your point. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Mitch Stark there, didn't he first ball of the um, game get a wicket in that one? I think he may have. That is his go-to. Yeah. So Yeah. He likes to build up your confidence before he absolutely fucking shatters it. Yeah, and just a quick point in that ODI that we won, there were there were four keepers playing. We had um, Philip Hay and Ben McDermott and Wade and Carey. And Carey. Yeah, four keepers. Plus Stark used to keep as a kid. So that's why we won. That's, that's yeah. why we play. That's yeah. why we won. Yeah. West Indies wanted to get on the rums on the Friday, Nick. Yeah, that's it. That's fucking a lot. They, they thought the rain, they were happy. Like, I'm going to get this called off and have a few beers, but fucking they yeah. lost an over, so that's a bit... Yeah, scary. shattery where the rain yeah. comes out and then it stops and you have to play after yeah. that? Or... That is the worst result in cricket, that is. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, so, for the second ADI, it was also at the Kensington Oval in Bridgetown. The Aussies would win the toss again and would again elect to have a bat. This time around, not so much success for the Aussies. They get rolled for 187. It was the br- brother... Of Ashton, it was Wes Ager, the male model, would get 41. And Wade and uh, Lex Luthor, I mean Adam Zampa, who just had his head shaved, would get 36 each. Um, it was Akil Hassan for the West Indies to get 3 for 30. There's a lot of boats in this West Indies side, especially in the bowling attack, who I did not fucking know. So, <laughs> even from the only side, there's a heap of new names. So, yeah, running through them at the moment. So, the West Indies would. Uh, Chaser runs six wickets down. They get six one ninety one. It was the skipper Nicholas who ran down my leg. Who get fifty nine not out. And Stark once again in the wickets will get three for twenty six. Win is a win by four wickets. And Puram was man of the match. Yes, Roscoe. Yes, Australia batted well in that game. They um, got themselves to the um, healthy launching pad of six for forty five. <laughs> Double it from six And also Moises dropped a soda At uh, at a crucial point in time When Puran was uh, just running Just started running So yeah, could have cut him off at the uh, The On knee the pass? Yeah, um, yeah, caught it Very, dropped it. very disappointing from old Spotify Moises there Yeah, shit um, so, as is the way in international cricket at the moment, this is a three ODI series, and the final ODI um, would still be at Kensington Oval and still be at Bridgetown. And the, this time, the Windies would win the toss, and they would elect to have a bat. So, they would get rolled for 152. It was their opener, Evan Lewis, would make 55 not out as he watched everyone else make fucking nothing around him. Hmm. And Mitch Stark again would take a three for taking three for 43. So uh, the Aussies would chase it four wickets down. It was Matty waiting the runs again, getting 51 not out. West Indies' bowling was nothing of note. It was all one for one for one for one. So too bad to them. Aussies win by six. Man of the match was Matty Wade. Aussies win the series 2-1. He shoved it right up. (laughs) 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 Oh, you dickhead. (laughs) This is the one where... This is the one where fucking... um, who was it? Was it was it Pollard or one of the other big yeah, fat players? Pollard. Pollard, Pollard tried to man cut him. When you show the footage, Wadey hadn't even left, left his fucking crease yet. And it's like, what are you doing, you big fat prick? And he also bowls off his now, Kyron Pollard, because he's, yeah. he's gotten big and fat and lazy, which is a good combination to be an off spinner. He's yeah. a massive unit. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Bloodworthy. 
But yeah, him and Wadey, uh, thanks for no crowd. We're having a little bit of banter on the stump mic. They got picked up for everyone to hear. And I think there's a few commentary apologies and all that fun stuff that happens as well. So, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, Wade batted at seven for this series, right? Yep. That's just so weird to me. Yeah. Like, well, that just because he's an elder statesman, he has to not bat in his probably preferred and most beneficial position for Australian cricket. As they've done a bit with the T20 team, it's hard when you pick six openers. Someone's got to back down the bottom. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I suppose. But, like, Felipe and McDermott can't bat middle order or... McDermott's middle order, isn't he? Yeah, McDermott's open middle order. Ball. Felipe's been opening. This final one, Moyes is fucking open. Like, yeah, it's, it's, weird. Like, it's like It's like when you go to footy and you just pick up all the magnets and just throw them at the board. <laughs> it's like, okay, Roger, you're at full back this week. Like, that's just fucking, this, what, this, that is what is happening. Justin Lang is getting everyone's magnets and just throwing them and then just sliding them into a line and going, right, that's the batting order. Like, Zampa was going to open in the fourth, thirty on and then Langer found out they didn't have one. He's like, oh, shit. So he just like, oh, we're going home. Okay, then no worries. So, yeah. Oh, we're not going home now, are we? No, we're going to Bangladesh. Oh, finally. Yeah. That's um, Wednesday, 10 o'clock. Mm. There we go. There's I think... Um, when he's in seven days. Your I think beauty. Jupiter and Saturn are finally in alignment, so we can <laughs> actually play against Bangladesh in the regular yeah. sort of cricket schedule. Yeah. Amazing that it's you know going why there. it is. You know why it is. They have why? a tradition of playing against Bangladesh during the Olympics, so they just uh, ah, so it's got to wait every four years to play them. That's it. <laughs> Pretty much, I think. <laughs> are they going to smash us? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Mm. Don't know. They've been playing Zimbabwe, and they've been going breaking even with them. It is over there, though, so they just have to pick two spinners and we'll make our yeah, and then we'll I'd just fucking run past the dragons. Shakibar Hassan will bowl his full quota, plus three others. One pace will take the shine off it away. <laughs> Australia will struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, um, you know what? I didn't realise that series was starting so close. So I didn't have it. Yep. But yeah, so T20s, yeah, so T20 start on August the 3rd, which, as Roscoe said, is Wednesday. Tuesday, 10 p.m. Tuesday, Tuesday, sorry. So um, oh. they're on a good time for us, but I think they are on, well, they're on a shit time for us. 10 p.m., just as Alex is waking up. Yeah, so they're on in the morning. Yep, yeah, night shift, that's what I got. Just as you're waking up for the late shift, yep. 10 p.m. Yeah. to 1 Yes, yeah, so, no so it's the fun... Um, yes, yes. Standard five T20i fucking series we yeah, now have. Perfect. You can only have three ODIs. So, and it's just, it's three, it's third, fourth, sixth, seventh, ninth, bang, 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 the way it really should be to get real long. Um, so, the squad essentially the same as what we took to the West Indies. Philip A. Stark, Swepson, Ashton Agar, Wes Agar, Gary, Suit and Tide, Matty Wade, Zampa, Noni Hazelwood, Moises Enriquez, Marsh Mitchell of Variety of the Marshes, yep. uh, Ben McDermott. DC Dan Christian, Riley Meredith with his big villain moustache and Ashton Turner Overdrive and Jason Berendorf are also in that squad. So, um, and then from there, we have them in a test. And I don't have the test one in front of me because the website doesn't have it. I didn't write it down. But yeah, happy to stay back, Nick, during that um, West Indies tour and hopefully gets a run at it. Ashton Turner. Uh, he's been out of the setup for a while and well, then also not doing much. And you might remember, David, he hit that whirlwind innings chasing down a huge total in yep. India back in early March 2019 and then didn't make the World Cup squad, which was uh, disappointing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then he's sort of just been on hiatus and we haven't played a hell of cricket since then. I think he might have even missed out on the odd uh, tour or game here or there. So good to see him back. And I think that's what we've lacked is that guy down at six or seven, I think. Well, whichever one of those spots, once he is, and he's bowled a bit and got a few wickets as well, so that's always handy. Yeah, and I could see him being the mainstay of the uh, ODI team, maybe the T20 as well. Mm. Yeah, alrighty. So yeah, so we'll have all the uh, news and notes from those matches um, next episode because they should all be wound up by then. So mm. yeah. So um, speaking of T20s, but we'll touch on the uh, BBL and some actually. A bit of interest going around the BBL at the moment because there's still some blokes who have a little bit of name value who do not have contracts at the moment. So, um, 
So due to COVID, uh, the BBL have seen the axing of the proposed international player draft, which we spoke about on uh, previous episodes. But what has yep. also happened is they've had their list sizes reduced by one spot. So that means they'll have one less player um, to pick from. So that has meant that there's been some local blokes left in a bit of limbo who don't have contracts. So those men are James Faulkner. Shit. Yeah. Oh, look here. Yeah. Nick Madison. The forklift. Oh. Nick Madison. What? Yeah. Uh, Cal Ferguson. That's why he's asking for more teams because he doesn't uh, have a spot. Yeah. Uh, the big West Australian quick, Joel Paris, is also without a home. This one surprised me a little bit because I thought I read somewhere he'd signed somewhere else, but I read this article I saw on cricketaustralia.com today, so I assume it's up today, was, um, and it was listed as being published today. Um, so, Bo Webster, the quarterback, doesn't have a home. So, he's decided not to re-sign with the Renegades, or the Renegades have let him go, which is surprising because he was a pretty important part of the side in the last kind of 18 months. Yes, Bulldog. Renegades had to find a spot for their stupid fucking TV show winner to oh, get on. That is a uh, tremendous waste of fucking time. Oh, what an absolute <laughs> bunch of wank that is. Well, they should have a spot because old old Gin's mate Peter Hats a logger 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 has gone to fucking um one of, hasn't he gone to Hurricane? That's Gorches. He went out west. Yeah, no, he went to Perth. Bye, mate. Uh, they got rid of Forward Army. Yeah, they got rid of Forward Army, and then um, old mate was only an injury replacement for um our mate Cam, the Rolls Boys, Cameron Boyce, ah. Hats old glue, and. Um, yeah. So there was no spot for Hatsogu because Boyce is back from his... Uh, uh, well, that makes sense. The Boyce is back in town. Back or something. So as Ross just alluded to, Forward Armour is one of those players who does not have a contract. Yeah. As oh. is, I think he's a fork in him. Yeah. yeah, as is Sam Whiteman, as is Benny Lachlan, as is the son of the paper magnate, Brent Doggart. Oh, no! Podcast and the one that surprised so. me a little bit, but oh, he, had been a little, he had been in a little bit of poor form, is the man for all seasons, Jake Weatherall, also um, does Shit. not have a contract. I think Laughlin, he won't play again because he barely played for heaps. Yeah. But um, Whiteman, yeah, no good either. Just had his go. But um, I think there's a couple there that um, will get picked up, no doubt, replacement players or something. Well, I've just named two, four, six... Eight, ten blokes. So all we've got to do is find one more bloke and Canberra can have a T20 side. We've got to fucking list there for Bring back the comments. So, Wouldn't be the worst list going around either, actually, those days. Oh, they might beat the stars. Like, fucking jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just get yeah. Mark Cosgrove back to captain them and they'll be fine. That's it. Oh, that, hey, no, you've already sold me. I've got a new team, Ross. The Canberra fucking Cosgroves. Let's get around them. So. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they could be... um their um, president number one ticket holder could be Major General Peter Cosgrove. Yeah, see, it's true. It just it writes itself, mate. The marketing, or, everything. Like, or Fatty Vaught, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Nicknamed the Fats. <laughs> Gambra Cosgrove. Card the Fatties. <laughs> Is that too on PC? Probably. Nah, just nah, go with it. Mm. All righty. So speaking of Aussie blokes who like to play a bit of cricket in England. We've got a bit of news coming out of county cricket that involves a couple of Aussie blokes. One we've quickly alluded to earlier, but before we move, before we go to him, we're going to start off with one of our other favourites here on the podcast, and that is South Australian fast paint, fast, I'm not nearly calling him fast penis, fast bowler, <laughs> DJ Dan Worrell, the man who threw the penis in the pitch. Fastest uh, penis in the West. <laughs> So, uh, big DJ Dan has signed a three-year deal with Surrey, so um, which will see him at the end of the Sheffield Shield season cut ties with South Australia and move to England permanently to see out that contract. So, um, yeah. he's 30 years old, but old DJ Dan. So, he will, um, he'll join Surrey at the start of their season next year, 2022. Um, so, as a British passport holder, Warrell will not be counted as an overseas player for Surrey. So, um, so yeah, so Warrell's got 222 first-class wickets at a bowling average of 27 and a bit, which actually surprised me, I have to say. And he's also played three ODIs for Australia. And he's no stranger to county cricket because at the moment, as we speak, he's currently playing for Gloucester. Mm, so, he's Dr. Foster. 
Mm. So he will cut ties with him being the good bloke he is and fuck off somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. fuck him. Fill mm. your boots, Dan. <laughs> off you go. But um, so the quote from Dan one. in the article here was, as a professional ambition, I've always held it as a test what as held what the fuck? This makes no sense, cunt. Professional ambition I've always <laughs> held. Oh, no, I've missed the word. That's why. I've always held is to test myself as a cricketer in the UK, contemplating my personal desire to live internationally. Now, if I had a personal desire to live internationally, I can't say yeah. the UK would be one of the places I choose because fucking balls deep in COVID and it rains fucking half the time. So I reckon if I was going to risk getting COVID somewhere, I'd go somewhere sunny, maybe Thailand or Bali or somewhere like that. Yeah, somewhere so, warm. Um, but yeah, so as I said, he'll leave for the UK at the conclusion of this Sheffield Shield season. So my hope is that South Australia do the John Farnham retirement style and he gets chaired <laughs> off at every ground around Australia and really takes <laughs> advantage of this season-long retirement he's going to be going through. Yeah. Yes, Roscoe. I'm hoping that he gets another um, go at his favourite venue, the Junction Oval, mm. where he famously drew a, a cock at a pitch. Ended with a pitch. So mm. hopefully he gets to play yeah. that game. Yeah. I also wonder if perhaps uh, South Australia might um, pick up a stink there and not select him for the season, seeing as uh, he's basically yeah, the time. Coming back. I think yeah. he's got really. working in his favour. South Australia only have 11 blokes who are capable of playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so he might be all right, I reckon. And of those 11, only six are really capable of playing Sheffield yeah. cricket. You reckon Lloyd Pope's just sitting there like rubbing his hands <laughs> and going, oh, 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 two spinners, come on. <laughs> uh, so speaking of fast bowlers in the UK. We're going to talk about Roscoe's favourite, and that's Queensland quick, Billy Stanlake, who has revealed the full extent of his back stress fracture in more than five... In his, in his first back... In his first back stress fracture in more than five years as he finds himself in the familiar pre-season position of rehabilitation. Yeah. That's, that's Ryan Harris's first stop in the new job to get into rehab and check on Billy. So um, Stanlake could yet um, could yet be sidelined for another five months after suffering the injury just four overs into the opening spell of his county championship debut Brilliant. for Derby in May. That is right. Billy Stanlake got injured in the fourth over he ever bowled in hmm. county cricket. So... This is the part of the article. This is the stat that fucking blew my, my, my mind when I read this. It was his ninth first-class match since his Sheffield Shield debut in November 2015. <laughs> That's Pat Cummins territory. Yeah. <laughs> One and a half games per summer. God. He's nearly played oh. fucking test and he's played fucking first-class games. <laughs> so, um... So his career, his career, unsurprisingly, has had a lot of stress fractures on the back of the pelvis. So he must be going out on the workbench to fucking fracture his pelvis <laughs> and his feet as well. So um, as a big really towering quick, I also understand how hard it is to have stress fractures in your feet, Billy. It's fucking hard work, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that surprised me in this article is Billy Stanley is only 26 years old. Yep. So it's like real um, Pat Cummins series. Yeah. So he'll pop back into the Australian side and, and go gangbusters in two years' time, something like yeah. that. So yeah, um, Billy, go. so Billy opted to push through the pain and bowl another thirteen overs in, during the opening day against Essex, claiming two wickets Smart. in the process. <laughs> oh, it's worth it's stress fractures are worth two wickets, Paul. I don't why you would understand. Yeah, why you would play. understand. Yeah, he's now up to 15 first-class wickets. <laughs> he broke through the mythical. Oh, that's even more so. They're like gold <laughs> dust. That's why, get, that's why he kept going. So I reckon it was in about the fourth over of my first spell. That's when I started to struggle. It just got worse as the day went on, Stan Lake told cricket.com.au. By the sixth, seventh over, I pretty much knew it was a stressy, as he likes to call them. I ended up bowling 17 overs, then luckily they declared and I got off the field because I pretty much couldn't move by the end of it. I didn't want to let anyone know I was struggling because they were giving us a bit of tap and I at least wanted to try and get through and make something happen in the game. That I can kind of respect. You're dumb, Billy, but I can kind of respect it. 
Um, I was able to get two quick wickets just after lunch, and I was just trying. I was just saying to myself, "Come on, get one more here, and the game might turn around." But they went at a pretty rapid rate after that, and my back was just deteriorating more and more as I was bowling, and I just really loses limp. That's what I'm hearing. Struggling to move. Yes, Alex. It's interesting that he pushed through the pain uh, for the good of the team in a county match, but when he was oh, playing at ODI oh, for Australia, his first one, he decided uh, to walk off halfway through. Yeah, not too hard. <laughs> yeah, very interesting to me. I mean, one thing's one thing's not like the other, if you know what I'm I'm just reading between the lines. I'm saying anything. I'm not saying that he squibbed out on national duties and he's lying now. Yeah, <laughs> not saying that, allegedly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so Billy finished it off by saying, the captain was like, can you come back on for another smell, another spell? And I was like, I'm a 16-year-old girl, so I so like all the same. No, he said, yep, all good. And I tried to buy a couple of bounces, but I was just on struggle streak. So, um, so as we like to say in the social media world, thoughts and prayers with Billy Stanlake at That's this it. time as he, works through, <laughs> as he works through his stress fracture. <laughs> Ah, uh, fucking Billy Stanlake. He's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? Yeah, I got, to, I got Mick. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, you know Roscoe. All you. Yeah, buddy. I know. I got, I got some stuff for you because that was the first of the five-page article that oh, you okay. read out, and it's got the good bits in it. But mm. then um, the uh, he described his uh, BBL campaign as a bit of a shit show, <laughs> and the reason why he's he worked this out. Okay, the reason why is that they were. Uh, he's in the IPL and he didn't play. He's stuck in a hotel for eight to ten weeks and he went, did quarantine straight into the big bash and the biosecure bubble for that. So I probably lost a lot of strength, <laughs> he said, a lot of leg strength, and identified that a little bit towards the end of the big bash. So once I got out of that big bash, I was doing everything to keep my strength up at the back end of the season. Uh, so, but uh, that's, that's apparently what led to his stress. He was uh, too much time in quarantine, sitting around doing nothing. His forearms would have been fucking massive, though. Two weeks in the hotel room. <laughs> Makes me wonder, as a professional athlete, why he couldn't have been doing some strengthening exercises. Yeah, that's long. right. Yeah, yeah. Hotel room. But, you know, each to their well, own. Yeah, as we know, good. if you've got a door, you've got a gym. So I don't <laughs> understand why he couldn't have been doing something. <laughs> like, it's a well-known fact. Uh, that's, yeah, it is a little bit like, you know, deteriorated. Like, you might have a break in shit. What are your mental health goes through? different things in isolation, but they're getting paid to be fit enough to perform. So it's a bit, you know, interesting that's an excuse or a reason for yeah, these issues. That brought up an interesting point about um, uh, Hazelwood in the second ODI in the West Indies. So he had a bit of a calf complaint and they decided he was going to play. Then the game got called off after the toss and before the first ball. Yeah. And um, then they sat in their hotel rooms for 48 hours and, uh, the next game came around to start and they're like, oh, he's not right to go. And the reason given was that he wasn't able to do any rehab while he was stuck in the hotel room. Just got to, like, like, is that quarantine? Like, you just got to push against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, can't, you can't do anything. Like, you have to like motion. Not allowed to, you, know, <laughs> you can't move your own muscles in rehab. And... Yeah, you have to get a physio to move your muscles for you, I think. Yeah, yeah it's a bit... Uh, uh, look, I don't know. Maybe the reasons were bad, and it was just best for him not to play. But anyway, it just—it was weird. Oh, I couldn't yeah. rehab because of lockdown for forty eight. Can't do anything. Yeah, whatever. There's something we're not being told, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's something a bit more I think to that's, it. But, it just you know. a lot of um, COVID-induced injuries. Sorry, Nick. I know. I was just saying, like, it's just, I think it's just the nature of the way it is at the moment. Whenever they're umming and ahhing or something doesn't go right, they're going to blame quarantine, they're going to blame COVID because mm-hmm. it's a thing they haven't dealt with before. So they're going to be like, that's the reason. So, and I have to tell the truth then. No, well, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, it's easy out. Yeah. So the next part we're going to talk about is a little bit serious. So I won't have a funny segue, but we're just going to touch on something because if we ignore it, there's a few people that might call us out for our double standard of the way we do these things. But, um, Ben Stokes um, will be taking an indefinite break from all of cricket effective immediately. So um, it's been announced by the ECB in the last few days. Uh, the 30-year-old will play no part in the forthcoming test series against India in a bid to safeguard his mental health and rest his injured finger. So the England and Wales Cricket Board announced this on Friday. Um, so the ECB statement read, the 
England and Wales cricket board can confirm that England men's all-rounder Ben Stokes will take an indefinite break from all cricket with immediate effect. Stokes has withdrawn from England's test squad ahead of the test series against India next week to prioritise his mental well-being and to rest his left index finger, which is not fully healed since his return to competitive cricket earlier this month. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for um, England and... um, and it's unfortunate for people who like to watch him play. Um, so it's not that unfortunate for myself because I'm not a massive fan of his. Um, if, his fingers would be all right if he didn't punch people, but that's all That's all part of it as well. But, um, <laughs> yeah, as, as hard as I'm going to go there because the mental health thing, you've got to respect it because you don't know what anyone else is going through. But um, hopefully for his sake, he gets fit and he gets firing and he gets up and about. So when he comes out to Australia, he's fully fit and we can just flog the cunt out of him when he's fully fit. And that'd be really nice. So, yes, Alex. Uh, so yeah, he went back to New Zealand because his old man was yeah. either a crook or yeah. passed away. So it's probably got something to do with it, I imagine. And being away from family and stuff for so long in the Indian tour, which is whatever it is, four it, tests. It, yeah. He was, he was also, um, he, he was a victim of the, the COVID scare. I think against Sri Lanka, so he wasn't uh, a part of that. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a part of that tour to rest his finger. This is a bait for his finger. Um, yeah. And then when they had to change the whole squad, he yeah, was brought yeah, yeah. in, um, and his the fingers yeah. probably hadn't healed properly, so that probably hasn't helped him either. So, yeah. But as Mick said, yep, all the best. That's not yeah, so. um, funny shit. So, um, yeah, the reality is too, fit. like with the mental health thing, like. He's been flying all over the world because of other things going on in his life, and he has been in and out of quarantine. And he's mm. probably spent a hell of a lot of time by himself, so it can be pretty uh, stressful, I imagine. Not everyone likes yeah. to spend as much time with themselves as I do. That's like <laughs> my fucking favourite thing in the world. But you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe even after four weeks, I get sick of myself as well. But um, yeah, yeah now good luck to him. Hopefully, he gets himself sorted because I would like to see him out here, and because uh, you want to beat him at full strength, so they have no excuse. <laughs> but yeah, so um, speaking of shit going on in England, we'll touch on this. I personally don't really want to, but we're going to talk about it for a little bit here. There is another cricket competition going on in England because you know what? When I used to watch T20s, I'd watch them and they'd get to about the fucking 12th over. And I'd be like, fuck, this cunt's dragging on. You know what it could use? <laughs> Four less overs. They could, just, they could just get rid of 20 balls out of this thing. This would be the ideal fucking yeah, sport. Yeah, optimum. Yeah. And you know what I was you know what else I used to hate about fucking cricket? Six ball overs. Makes yeah. no sense. Why can't it be a derivative of five? It makes it so much easier to do everything. So praise the fucking Lord, England created a form of cricket for us, which is called the one hundred, because guess why? It's one hundred balls per inning. So now I've gone onto the one hundred website to download the um, rules and guidelines and information of this sport. So I know we've talked about this before, but I haven't, I haven't read any scores, so I don't fucking care. So I'm just going to touch on all of this stuff and explain to people why it's so fucking stupid and I haven't cool. been watching it. Alrighty, so it's called The 100. So these, this is direct from their website. It's 100 balls per, per innings. Whoever scores the most runs wins. That's a fucking novel concept. I like that. I know that that's been one of my things with cricket is how you win is really confusing. So it's really nice that they're fucking narrow. <laughs> <arrow. laughs> so, really um, so the fielding side change ends after 10 balls, not at the end of the six ball over like we're used to in cricket. So the bowlers can either deliver five of those yeah. 10 balls or the full 10 balls consecutively. The captain decides on if you bowl five or 10. Um, each bowler can bowl a, can sorry. Each bowler can deliver. They don't bowl apparently. They deliver a maximum of twenty balls per match. So effectively, in this grand scheme of things, four overs it would be four lots of five. So um, now they also have a timeout in this. So each bowling side gets a strategic timeout for up to two minutes. During that timeout, the coach is allowed on the field to discuss tactics with the players during the match. So uh, that's an interesting one as well. Oh, uh, they have a 25 ball power play um, and standard power play. Two fielders allowed outside the 30 yard circle during power play. Yep. So that is the 100. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. It's another form of cricket we didn't need. Yes, Alex. <laughs> Why didn't they change the terminology power play to something better? 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird that they made everything. It's not deliveries of balls. It's not, you know, it's everything's a different terminology cause to get with the young kids. But power play seems perfect. I don't know. It's weird. It should have been called the there. 25 ball kaboom maximum super show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> blast period or something stupid like that. They like blasting. In the UK, it so. you're, you're right though. If you're calling the competition the hundred because it's got a hundred balls, if it, there's something different for the first twenty-five balls, it should have been called twenty-five ball something. Yeah. Quarter, quarter breakdown. <laughs> twenty-five ball blast. Yeah, quarter blast. First quarter blast. Blastathon. <laughs> I think we're stuck on blast. Maybe we need to yeah. just sort of step out, have no, a break for a week. Yeah, but yeah, like so that's the hundred. Like I said, I just fucking can't get into it. I don't I don't I just, just don't think it I don't think it needs to exist. It's just an excuse to get for someone out there to for the ECB to sell T V rights to another form of cricket and make more. Yeah, well they've got the franchise cricket they wanted. Yeah. Uh, by yes. not scrapping the domestic T twenty. Yeah. It's interesting so, extra layer on that, Ross. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, so basically, it's T20 it. cricket with five balls. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's no different. I um, I watched about four balls of one game, and it was just far too much going on for me. There was <laughs> fucking scores all over the screen, oh. bright lights, and I'm getting old, and I'm like, nah, I just need a normal score line. I don't need to know how many balls have been bowled. Tell me how many overs have been bowled. If it's mm-hmm. 10.3 overs and that's what I want to know so yeah but this is clearly not for me or us this game no, so and I don't think it really matters I would say that David that's the worst setup of on-screen score oh, this shit display of, I've ever seen I couldn't yeah. understand what it was going on about if it's meant to be simple it should just say the team and their runs and then how many balls left yeah something yeah. like that that's all it needs because it's called the hundreds you know it's got a hundred balls like should you said like it was three for 78 and 62 balls left. Gone, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It was, sorry, it no, was weird right. that, that they showed there was five places to look on the oh. screen to work out what position the game's at. I found that weird. I mean, like, surely the, the, the thing you're watching of the product should be the playing with the players and the event and the game, not... You know, you shouldn't be drawing your eyes away from that at any point in time if you're trying to promote the sport. It, you know, it feels like like that was probably poorly done. I think I, I didn't. Like I saw the screenshot that someone posted in a bloody group chat. I didn't watch any of it, so who knows? It might have been great to actually watch, and maybe being there yeah. live, it was fun. I don't know, but it'd probably be a good game to get pissed at if you're there. Yeah, probably. Mm. I found T twenty four as well. So yeah. I was not a big, big T20 fan to watch live. I just got bored halfway through. Started facing away from the game, talking to my friends. That's why they made the 100 game for people like you. You can't get to the T20. It wasn't the length of it. It was just what was happening. (laughs) The standard. Reading that thing about the 100 off their website, it sounds like someone read the um, US cricket guy on Twitter. Someone from the ECB read that. (laughs) and said, let's just create a cricket league based on this. So, yeah. But, that's a bit like that. Look, I'm sure there's you know benefits we don't see to it, but I can't yeah, see. I have no interest cash. in. Yeah, I have no interest in it. Just like the IPL with most of the big bash, I have no interest in it. So sorry and, to be a downer, but yeah. yeah. All right. And speaking of money, the ICC is letting three new members. So the ICC has welcomed the great cricketing nation of Mongolia. Shit, yep. yeah. The uh, I heard they're a T20 powerhouse in Switzerland, and the great nation of Tajikistan. Tajikistan. That wasn't very really loud <laughs> on my phone. I I uh, got it right. I wasn't sure whether yeah. it was Tajik or Tajikistan, but I'm going to do a report on it, Mick. Thank you for introducing this. Yeah, so over to you, Alex. Let us know what's going on. No worries. So I'm not going to do. It's going to be. Not greatly involved cricket at all because there's not much information around the Tajikistan Cricket Federation. There's only a few articles online, um, and I don't think they have a ground. They say they have a ground, but I don't think they do. I couldn't find any information about their ground. So we'll go from um, first principles. Tajikistan literally means lands of the Tajik. 
Um, and Tajik meaning in Persian, literally non-Turk. <laughs> so it's obviously, uh, you know, that's the etymology of it. Very, very old culture, very old name. But literally back in the day, it was like, you're not a Turk, well, you're a Tajik. So there you go, from Tajikistan. Um, Tajikistan, very old um, culture and um you know, back in the day, uh, controlled by various warlords, princes and um, regimes and stuff, but uh, got invaded by Russia back in the day and totally controlled by Russia um, and become a fully-fledged Soviet Republic in 1920, but um, got invaded and taken over much earlier than that. Um, the capital is Dushanbe. Um, which has about 800,000 people living in it. There is about 9 million people in Tajikistan. 90% of the country is covered in mountains. Oh. Yes. So the main tourist attractions of Tajikistan is mountaineering. Yodeling. Cave diving. <laughs> yes. Um, so they, um, after the brutal Soviet and USSR regimes, um, which... Yeah, most of the time they try and take over the country and turn it into um, a, a Russian state. And they did that in um, Tajikistan. Um, there's huge influences from Russia over the time. But luckily, and when the USSR collapsed, um, the Tajiks took their chance and um, had a revolution in 1991. Um, and the Soviet Union collapsed. And Tajikistan became their own country again. Which then... I think that's what Rambo 3 is about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. so and immediately after they fell into civil war which Beauty. displaced a million Tajiks so there were 1.1 million refugees inside and surround countries from this this um, civil war which was pretty horrible uh, it you know it usually boils down to ethnicities going against ethnicities and you know a lot of the Russians fled because obviously they were public enemy number one at that stage because, uh, you know, a lot of people that wanted um, independence for Tajikistan were killed and put in Gulag and so on and so forth. Yes, What Ross? a vibe. What a vibe you're bringing. Uh, it's pretty, it's the, the 20th century is not good for Tajikistan, <laughs> essentially. Um, they're was, at the other... Yes, go, Ross. Oh, sorry, I was just going to ask, uh, you said that um, 90% of the country is mountains. Yes. <laughs> just wondering what the other 10% is. Cricket grounds. Fucking hell, we're going to up. Tundras. <laughs> frozen tundras. Uh, there is frozen um, uh, highland tundras. It's one of the uh, many biomes that are in Tajikistan. I'm glad I asked. The total area, Ross, of Tajikistan mm-hmm. is 143,000 square kilometres, so you can work out the non-mountainous uh-huh. area. By then, with your superior mathematics skills. I heard the TCG takes up 2% of that 10%. Yep, absolutely. What is the main exports of Tajikistan? I hear you ask, Paul. Cricketers. 55% unwrought aluminium that is not alloyed. Um, 13% non-carted or combed cotton, which is pretty interesting to me. And 8.1% apricots dried. (laughs) Dried. Yep. 3.7% 3.7% onions and shallots, which are either fresh or chilled, would you believe? Yeah. Very interesting to me. And I did mention the capital being Tashanbi. Um, no, and we'll go to the etymology of the name of that. It is literally Monday, the day. <laughs> so way back in, you know, third century BC or something, they had a large bazaar which was held on Monday. So it was a, through a trade route from the east to the west. So it was named Monday after trade. the bazaar. Yes, yes, Paul. Can I just say this segment is the Monday of segments? <laughs> so I was like say, Tajikistan sounds like it's the Monday of country. <laughs> I was going to say, Paul, are you the are you perhaps the Garfield of the podcast? Then, if you don't like Mondays. Uh, yes, Ross. Yes. Uh, just, I know, I've got a vague feel for where this country is located by the uh, references to Soviet. Oh, I should say history. that. Sorry. It's yeah. north of Afghanistan. Um, it's oh. a landlocked uh, Persian country. Um, yeah. It's bordered by Afghanistan to the south, Uzbekistan to the west, Kyrgyzstan to the north, and China to the east. So, cool. yes. Um, 
I'll continue with the Dashunbi facts. Mm. There's many main sites in Dashunbi. Um, the Tajikistan National Museum, because Dashunbi is. Yes, mate, go. Okay, well, good. No worries. I'll continue. <laughs> the National Museum of Antiquities, as well, the Islamic Centre uh, Vadat Palace. And you guys will love this. Oh, yeah. The Shanby flagpoles. <laughs> Which I laughed when I saw it, but there's a picture of it. It's fucking massive. It is 165 metres tall and obvious, obviously has the Tajikistan flag on it. There's a Look it up if you want, Paul. It's fucking huge. And it's the second tallest freestanding flagpole in the world. What a time to be alive, hey? Uh, yes, it's, uh, it's an amazing country. But let's get to the cricket. So <clears throat> cricket has been played in Tajikistan for a very long time. Um, it got severely crushed by the Soviet authorities when they took over Tajikistan. Um, they saw it as a, a bourgeois, shameful, bourgeoisie, shameful game, which I like. <laughs> Um, and it says here, even the Bolshevik revolutionaries coming to power did little to improve attitudes towards cricket. And I'm like, oh, the clearly cricket-loving Bolshe Bolshevik <laughs> fucking revolutionaries. I'm like, what? That's a bit weird they wrote that. Um, but essentially, um, cricket in Tajikistan, they had a Asian Cricket Association uh, membership status in 2012. Um, and they've been working towards um, getting the ICC um, uh, full nations, not full nation status, but a membership, sorry, um, since then. And it's basically based around um, getting junior uptake in the sport. They've got about 8,000 school kids playing um, cricket at the moment in Tajikistan um, and getting some uh, facilities and infrastructure on board. <laughs> every time, every time, Ross, like... every time Ross comes off mute, I know something's about to happen. And it just makes me giggle every time. Just uh, wondering, if you become an ICC member, do you have to pay subs? <laughs> uh, a full member, yes. Oh, but you but it's a different scale. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The free club polo, but the training gear, that's sorry, you have to pay for yourself. Um, I'll just on the seeing as cricket's now an up and coming thing in Tajikistan, I wanted to talk about the existing sports that are pretty big in Tajikistan. The national sport is Gushtagiri, which is a form of traditional wrestling that's big in Afghanistan as well and the local region. Here he um, comes. Another popular sport is. Buzkashi, which is a game played on horseback like polo. Mm. This is a really interesting game to be here. Um, you play it on your own and in teams also. The aim of the game is to grab a 50-kilogram dead goat, ride it, cl ride it clear of the other players and get back to the starting point and drop it in a circle. So that's also practice in the region, um, yeah, Afghanistan, Kurdistan, Kakistan. Kazakhstan, sorry, Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan. Um, it's often played in cultural celebrations as well. Interesting that it has to be 50 kilograms to me. I don't know why you would specify the weight of the goat because everyone's playing with the same goat. Yes, please. When they get together for that big tournament with the 50 kilo dead goat, do they call it Clash of Stands? That's not bad, which means Clash of Nations because Stan is, literally means nation. Interesting, Ross. Stand versus stand. Football or soccer, as it's known in Australia, um, is the most popular sport in Tajikistan. They have eight teams in their local league. Um, they have a national team that obviously got FIFA status and um, Australian Football Federation. Uh, sorry. Asian Football Federation status as well. Um, they obviously have the Cricket Federation Rugby Unions played, but very minor. Um, but, yeah, so essentially that's where Tajikistan is sitting. Um, I couldn't – I actually looked over Google Maps on um, Dashunbi to see if I could find a cricket ground. There's a few stadiums there, a couple of domes as well, um, but I couldn't find a cricket ground. Maybe they play it in the local um, athletics arena, but I'm not sure. But they, they're trying to get turf wickets um, this October. 
Okay. So that's sort of where they're sitting at with infrastructure-wise. So, yes, Ross? Uh, how they go at tennis, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is played, um, but they prefer have a throw because Dilshod Nazarov won gold in Rio in the hammer oh, throw. Really? Yes. Okay. I, look, before, before I saw this pop wow. up on Twitter, I didn't even know this country existed, essentially. So oh, that's, that's how small of a box I live in. It does it's not as small like, as Ross's, but it's still no, small. <laughs> no. It does sound like a good idea, though, to put down a cricket pitch in the middle of an athletics track. The javelins might not land in the middle. Uh, it wouldn't have the same things at the same time, obviously. Yeah. No. That's no. that first that cops a fucking shot put to the back of the <laughs> Run it to the boundary, trying to kick one in, you smash into a whole bunch of hurdles. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. Yes, but you might have the ovular space that uh, may not be prevalent. Everywhere. Otherwise available. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so you're being serious, Ross. I thought you were yeah, just joking. That's, oh, that's okay. good. That's how you could take cricket to countries that have athletics tracks. Yeah, true. True. Like Australia. Switzerland. <laughs> The Swiss. So I might do um, one on Mongolia next week. Who knows? Right. I just ask a favour. Can you not go into the backstory of Switzerland, please? Why? Why not? That's why I asked. Because of the Nazi gold. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll, if I do it, I won't mention the Nazi gold. Awesome. That? I had um, personally, I had the ICC is really excited about having Switzerland involved in cricket because all the umpires in the grounds will be neutral. Ah, oh. yeah, there he is, <laughs> and and also the Nazi gold because <laughs> they love cash. Yeah, <laughs> apparently the Switzerland Premier League is going to be the next big T20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saint Moritz ice, um, ice cricket. They've already had cricket in Switzerland. They know what it's at. They'll be true. paying people with kilos of money. <laughs> Alrighty, and that wraps up uh, that part of the podcast and the main body of the podcast. But we do apparently have guests. Well, I just got a few things that we learnt from the episode before yes, we uh, before we head out. Flagpoles. Um, that's what we learned. Yeah, that is a big fucking flagpole. You weren't wrong. <laughs> Look it up. It's massive. It's um, it up at home. Yeah, it's huge. Um, we talked about Ryan Harris going from South Australia to Queensland. Actually, born in Sydney. Uh-huh. And a dual national with uh, a UK passport because his father was born in Leicester. Uh-huh. So he's yeah. going to Papua New Guinea as an assistant coach to a bloke who is named Carl Sandry. And only one bloke on this podcast would know him, and that's probably um, Ross. He was an Italian cricketer who was born in Melbourne. He played for the Sydney Thunder in 2013. 18 matches, 332 runs at 30, and took 23 wickets at 19. Fuck. Yeah. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Bring him back. <laughs> you talked about Alex Carey and playing football. He turned down a rookie contract with the Saka and he moved to Sydney in 2010 to join the AFL's new expansion club, the Greater Western Sydney Giants, who were playing an attack cup for that season. Uh, he captained the side, as has been made abundantly clear. They made it to the finals. He missed the last four rounds due to injury, but won the BNF. He played for him again in 2011 in the Neeful, but he wasn't given a place to near an inaugural squad in 2012. So, captain him to a final, win the BNF. Yeah. the fuck off. Kevin yeah, Shaggy says, on your bike, son. That's Cal, right. Cal Ferguson style there. Kevin Shaggy um, must have saw him down the Olympic when he's meant to be at training. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to an article I read on ESPN Quick Info from 2016, Mitchell Stark had taken 19 wickets in the first over in his previous 53 innings across all formats in international cricket. The next best was seven, was Sheath Malinga, who did it in 14 innings. Fucking hell. Uh, We've learnt that Farwad Ahmad Ahmad is is 39 years old. Yep. And Billy Stanlake has played seven ODIs and nine first-class games. (laughs) Good boy. Wow. 32 list A games, Seven. 36 wickets at an average just under 40. 40? Really? That's surprising. Jesus. But also, like, that's, it's bad, but it's like he's essentially an inexperienced cricketer. So you wouldn't expect, like, unless yeah. you're a fucking superstar, you're not going to expect anything, you know, under 30 or something. Mm. But that's it takes some work to pull that number down. But... Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we've learned, Mick. Alrighty, so um, I've also been led to believe there's going to be some listener feedback on this episode. So um, I throw over to Alex, who has that listener feedback. 
Over to yep. you, mate. And it's um, the best type of listener feedback because it comes Negative. from better mates. Oh. So uh, the, the feedback was really enjoying Mick's um, uh, hosting here because it really allows for more banter in the podcast. <laughs> so I think he hasn't didn't mention you, Ross, at all, but I think by omission he has mentioned you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so keep up the good work, Mick, and change nothing, I think, is the... Uh, <laughs> Is the advice there? Oh, good. <laughs> well, a, yeah, like you said, Alex, it's the best type of feedback. It's positive. It's the only yeah. thing that really like around here. So, positive <laughs> towards you, anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got some feedback too, Ross. Is that correct? I lost it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's why we're so good. Yep. What happened? Dog ate dog ate me feedback. Sorry. Dog ate me. Do you have a final thought for us, Roscoe? Are there more dishes to be washed in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd hear that. Uh, oh, yeah, did you? Oh, freaking hell. <laughs> Like a commercial kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Someone shout that, yes, chef, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Those steaks ready, yes, chef. <laughs> Two minutes, chef. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. No final uh, thought then, Ross? Yeah, uh, well, I just from my Lost final it. thought, I'd take some thoughts from our man Billy Stanley. Quote: "I always try to take the positive out of situations." Oh, and good, yeah. <laughs> nice one on you, Bill. It's a good yeah. way to live, Billy. Yeah, it's fucking nice. Mm. Alrighty, so that wraps us up here in the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. So. Do yourself a favour, get yourself some Frederick Harold socks. Uh, they love to plant trees and do a good thing with things with the money you spend with them. So support them as much as you can. Um, yeah, and that's us done. So um, with that being said, uh, thank you. Fuck you. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Mm.